to the Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, I am excited to have Pastor Matt Akins back on the show with us. Welcome back, Pastor Matt. Beth, it is fantastic to be here. We are continuing our conversation about music and the prophetic. I want to uh, take these episodes to really dig in and talk about music. You are my worship pastor, and I'm a member of your worship team. And so something we like to talk about is worship ministry, music, its place in the world, uh, have deep conversations about these things. And this is really, to me, music is one of the most prophetic aspects of our life as a believer because uh, that's where we are expressive in our worship. And so music is, yes, music is powerful. So we talked last week, well, well, let's go back two weeks ago. We talked about all the different definitions for the word praise and worship in the King James Bible. And then last week we drew a line between what is secular music and what is Christian music. And this week we want to dive into talking about Christian music and how there's subcategories, if you will, within Christian music. So I'm going to start the conversation and then pitch it to you, Pastor Matt. I just want to basically drive in on the point about the three levels of what we call Christian music. So there's and we're going to use the template of the temple as our pattern. Uh, We know that the temple has an outer court, an inner court and a holy of holies represented by our flesh, soul, and spirit. And oftentimes, because of Paul, I think we think of the flesh as only negative. But I hope to shine a positive light on the flesh today, because the the flesh has its role, has its place, but it has to be subject to the Word of God, to the Spirit. And so, yes, yes when we keep that in its proper perspective I think uh, that's wisdom in our life. In fact, today I was listening to a podcast earlier, and he was talking about uh, he was a someone who in Europe had done private schools, and he was talking about what is the purpose of education, and he talked about the difference between traditional education or knowledge and wisdom, and I thought that was really fantastic. And so we we want to be wise even in the area of music because music can have a massive yeah massive influence on us and so i also want to highlight how moses had the first tabernacle patterned after the one in heaven that god has shown moses on mount sinai and then david had the preparation and plans to build the temple patterned after what he saw in heaven and the difference between Moses's tabernacle and David's temple was that David introduced 24-7 worship at the temple with music and musicians. And so, yeah, so it's so powerful. So I want to tap in a little bit on that and uh, we'll just sort of jump right in and then I'll come back and talk about those three basic levels. What have you got for us, Pastor Matt? Well, I think this is a fantastic topic, Beth. You know, last week we talked about secular music, and now we're moving forward. You know, the Bible says we go from glory to glory, so that's what today's podcast is about. It's about moving into the realm of the highest calling 
to be in the presence of God, to worship the Lord, and how we go from praise to worship, and obviously the difference between praise and worship. Right. Right. I say on here oftentimes that uh, when my children do something, maybe they make a good grade, maybe they score a goal. You know, it's one thing to praise them. Hey, you did a great job. I'm so proud of you. You've worked so hard, you know, whatever. Uh, But it would not be the same to worship them. So there is a distinction between praise and worship. Yeah, Beth, I do think a lot of people probably get those two confused when they come to church in a church service or even even with music. So what do you think about what's a good way to define the difference between praise and worship? Well, for me, it, it's it's that. And, and I think some people have the idea that a fast song is praise and a slow song is worship. But that's not necessarily true. I think you have to look <laughs> at the message of the song. Um, I like to, to take it on those three levels of the of the flesh, the soul and the spirit. So I like to look at it, you know, outer court, inner court, holy of holies. So I would probably say that most of what you hear, uh, even on Christian radio, Christian entertainment is even though it's labeled Christian, most of that is sort of flesh level. It feels good. It's encouraging. It's uplifting. It has a purpose. But I don't know that I would classify some of that as worshiping the Lord. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's how I would see it. Now, the next level would be what I call uh, traditionally praise, which is involves your soul and the realm of your soul. I think most scholars agree is your mind, will, emotions and intellect. So oftentimes that is you. Uh, praising the Lord for his attributes, things he's done for you, what he's brought you through. Maybe it's your testimony. Uh, Maybe it is uh, talking about the Lord. But typically, that is from our viewpoint. It is how we connect with God. And then worship to me is altogether different. I become irrelevant. It is all about him. It is like Mary who poured her oil out. On the feet of Jesus, it is all about him and it is worship. So it's and worship means you fully surrender. And really, if we understand what Paul is talking about, it really means death to self. And uh, those who worship him, it says, must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so I do have a a scripture for that also. And that's found in 1 Corinthians 14. Verse 15 says, so what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. So we see here that there's a distinction between singing with your understanding and singing with the spirit. And so that's sort of the direction I want to just have a casual conversation about these things. But I'll let you go ahead and bring us what else you have, and then we'll just sort of see where that conversation leads. Absolutely, Beth. Well, Ephesians 5, 18 through 21 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And actually, Beth, right there in the context of this scripture, Ephesians 5, 18 through 21, there's really three classifications, psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. But even the way they're laid out, 
in that way, psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, there really is an order in a way. There's, there seems to be a gravitation from praise to moving into the presence of God where you are worshiping in spirit and in truth. And right. So, I see it as a progression really yeah. deeper into metaphorically the temple. So, and, and the end point or the goal that we're desiring to draw to is into, quote, the Holy of Holies, which represents the presence of the Lord. Yeah. Well, Beth, for example, in a church setting, and I'm sure you can think of examples, I can think of many, many times in a worship service where we usually start with maybe a fast song, you know, a praise and worship song, or excuse me, a praise song. Right. And in that Sunday service or whatever service it is, you can feel the shift when you, you know, you start with maybe a fast song. Everyone's excited. We're clapping our hands. We're raising our voice. And the ideal situation in a, in a setting like that with a gathering of people in a worship service is that you will go from, from praise to more of an intimate moment. And then finally you start tapping into that worship that is so intimate that you, like you said earlier, you're not even aware of, of what's happening. You're not necessarily aware of the, the lyrics on the screen. You've gone to such a deep place of worship that you are worshiping in the spirit. Right. And I'll say this too, you know, some things have to be caught rather than taught. I can, I can learn everything there is to know about, you know, I don't know, China. I can look at Chinese magazines. I can talk to a Chinese person or, you know, whatever. I try the food, all different kinds of things. But until I actually go to China, I don't know that I can fully understand that experience. That's good. And so uh, you could do that with, uh, you know, a lot of things. But I think until you've actually participated in real worship before the Lord, I don't know that I can fully describe to people what that is like. And so that's good. Um, and we were designed, we were created for worship. God put within us a need, a, a primal need, if you will, to worship the Lord, to to be in his presence. And so it's just something that is inside of us. When I believe when scripture talks about deep calling out to deep, that's one of the things that, that maybe that's alluding to is that the spirit on the inside of you is drawn to the spirit of the Lord. I believe that's what draws men to salvation. Come on. That that's what God put on the inside of you that is yearning for that void to be filled by the, by the Lord. And so there's that, that draw that we ought to have. And if you don't have that, you know, pray, ask the Lord to give you that. And, and the Holy spirit wants us to have encounter with the Lord and and we could go so deep right here, you know, but um, but uh, even in, I will say this, even in the inner court level, when it's praise, we can have an emotional response. You know, yeah. we can uh, be excited. We can uh, feel encouraged and uplifted. You know, I'm thinking about certain songs that we've done uh, there. There's been some that are like these testimony songs and people will become very moved by that experience. 
So I'm reminded of uh, one Easter, we did the song Glorious Day, which is a testimony song. And we had people do the cardboard testimonies where they would just give a really brief testimony on a piece of cardboard. And they walked, you know, uh, past the singers on the stage. And yeah, the the place was electric. People uh, were very they could identify with that. They, everyone was reminded of their own testimony and moment of conversion and things that drove them to the Lord. And so the inner court can be powerful. I don't want to yeah. diminish that level. You know, there can be some songs like Reckless Love. Maybe the first time you heard that, you were moved to tears because maybe you had a realization of how powerful God's love is and how he pursues us. So so there's value in all of it. You know, even when I'm doing you know, yard work or things around the house. I, I like to put on CCM, you know, the top 40 Christian radio. My son, uh, my younger son likes to listen to Christian rap. You know, a style to me <laughs> is irrelevant. So yeah. there's value in all of it, because as a Christian, I believe we we need to have our lives centered around the Lord. He's the gravity in our universe. And so that's a great thing and I, and my you know I always say when it comes to secular music you know we we've, we've discussed that and and where where the line is where that place is and and there's some debate there but there's so much christian entertainment and music that yeah is available that you know I just say I play in that sandbox mostly so well Beth let me just throw this in here going back to the 90s you know when when Christian rock and Christian pop really started becoming really popular, it was very effective because I remember being a teenager in the nineties and, you know, we had once again, throwing back to some of our conversation last week, you know, we had all the alternative rock and all the grunge and all all the stuff that was popular, rap, hip hop, all that stuff that was coming out, you know, it was vying the attention of a lot of uh, people at that time and and the youth at that time. But the stuff that came out, Beth, you know, Third Day, DC Talk, Audio Adrenaline, Newsboys, there was so much good, positive, I guess you would classify it as, you know, entertaining Christian music. It was very, very satisfying, and it worked. It did great. When I listened to that, I would listen to that, and I would not listen to, you know, things that were unsavory or things that were not necessarily leading me on a path of progression uh, in my relationship with God. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, Christian music, turn on Christian radio is a, it's great. It's a great substitute. And I'm not even going to use the word substitute. It's, it's a great thing to listen to than a, than a country song about beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's an obvious one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. So there's definitely, value in all christian music because really the lord is the the center of all of that now whether it be just entertaining and encouraging uplifting i would put that in that outer court category still valuable (laughs) Uh, whether it be more emotional or uh, encouraging and uplifting in the inner court arena that's still from the perspective perspective of what god has done for me But then when I move to worship, and this is where I want to kind of camp out, when I move into worship, that's a whole nother category. Really, like I said, I become irrelevant. It becomes all about him. And a lot of people, this is an area where I find that a lot of people don't make this little distinction. 
And I'm going to go a step further and say that in this level, there is also what I call prophetic worship. And that is basically based on our word study in this podcast on the word Nava. That is spirit inspired worship. And so uh, that's when the Holy Spirit guides and leads you how to worship the Lord, especially in the arena of music. And it reminds me, you know, there's only one thing at the entrance to the Holy of Holies, and that is the altar of incense. And so if we understand the typology of the temple, we can see that that worship is that, I believe, that sweet aroma that we offer up before the Lord symbolically and spiritually. And that uh, that, to me, is uh, really the highest form of worship that we should strive to get to. And I'll say this. I've even been in worship services where we're doing a worship song. And to really what I call breakthrough and sort of hit, uh, and, and like I said, this is very hard to describe. It has to be experienced, uh, caught rather than taught, to really break into that level where you feel like you've gone beyond the veil, so to speak, into the Holy of Holies and really entered into what I call prophetic worship. It takes time. It takes yeah. unity. It takes uh, sort of moving beyond yourself, so to speak. Yeah. And, and surrendering yourself and to the Lord. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just want to throw this out here. When you start to experience this in a worship service or wherever, and obviously you can do this on your own, in your own time with the Lord, in your time of devotion, in your time of prayer. You can obviously go from the outer court to the inner court to the Holy of Holies and to the point where you are worshiping and you feel the presence of God. And like Beth says, it's something you just have to experience. But when you start to experience it, most of the time, you're not even thinking about music. You're not even thinking about, is this my favorite song? Is this by Beth? Is this by Elevation? That is is out the window because you're in such a deep place of worship that it's all about the Lord, like you said. So so this is – Beth, I just want to throw this point here. Um, That's why it is so important to – it is good to know this process and to have and have an awareness of it so that when you do come to church and you're worshiping, you can you can know it's ultimately not really about what is my favorite song or do I like this rhythm or do I like this beat? It's ultimately about going to that place where you can worship the Lord. And sometimes it takes time. Like you said, Beth, it takes time. Sometimes you have to break through. There's a lot of factors that can be involved. Um, the mood of you know of of the church service, the group that comes in, are people expectant? Are people right. coming ready? You know those things factor in in a corporate setting. But uh, it is one of those things. My point being, Beth, is that it's one of those point, one of those things where if you know that it ultimately does not matter, the music takes a back seat, and the style of music takes a back seat to what you're actually doing, which is worshiping the Lord. Right. You know, David, it said that when he was with the processional of the ark, you know, people always focus in on David dance naked, which is sort of true, sort of not true. He he was down to his like what we would call undergarments, his linen garments. And there's a whole reason. And we're not going to you know go down that rabbit trail. But the point is, he was um he, he had left everything out on the table, so to speak. He worshipped with, with abandon. You know, just he was 
completely surrendered to the Lord. In fact, we we studied in the definitions uh, podcast we did on music that uh, it said to act clamorously foolish like a wild man. And so he was so surrendered to self that, uh, you know, he, he was just out there in worship. And I'll say this, this may be a challenge for some people. Maybe you've been in a worship service and you've seen people lifting their hands or crying or bowing and kneeling and people having a spiritual or emotional response to worship. And maybe that's something that you've been hesitant to do, or maybe you have a tradition a way you were raised with a tradition that that just seems a little inappropriate or, you know, whatever. I would just challenge you to pray about that and to be willing to uh, maybe exercise, you know, lifting our hands is just the universal sign of surrender. And it's really just an expression of the Lord that you surrender to him, that he has full control of your life, which is easier said than done. <laughs> And uh, yeah. usually during a worship service, that's the time most often in church where that's appropriate. And I would I would just challenge a, a listener if you, if you've never done that expression of worship to uh, to maybe push yourself a little and and step out of your comfort zone a little bit, or maybe to to you know our church people can go to the altar and people will sometimes kneel or, or stand there and and just pray. And so, uh, of course, there's a degree of protocol protocol in any church, and you want to be mindful of that. But but there is liberty also to worship the Lord. Or maybe you're at your home alone and you have on some worship music, and I would say start there and just yeah. really uh, just surrender your flesh part of yourself, so to speak, and and your emotional don't over you know your your soul realm don't overthink it don't overfill it. Just just worship the Lord. Yeah. And uh, you'll be amazed at, at the encounter you can have with the Lord, because I believe when our spirit connects with the spirit of God in that way, that uh, amazing things can happen. We really can draw close, so to speak, to the Holy Spirit. And, and it, it enables us to have this encounter where we can hear and see from the Lord in a whole new way. Absolutely. And Beth, I'll just throw this in here. I remember the first time in a church service, I was a teenager. I think I was 17. I remember being in a church service and feeling the presence of God at my church. And I remember feeling a prompting by the Holy Spirit, just something in my gut says, lift your hands. And I remember feeling really kind of terrified, like, really? Lift my hands in front of all these people? You know? Self, self-conscious, yeah. Yes. very, Yeah, very, you know, very insecure about that. And I even felt led by the Holy Spirit just prompting me to stand up and lift my hands. And I remember that being such a big deal. But my point being is, Beth, when you step out, you know, especially like in a corporate gathering at church, wherever, if you'll step out and take those little steps, it is always easier the next time. And once again, it's all of this is about God and you're you're not doing this for people. You're not you're not doing this in spite of people you're not doing it for people you're doing it for god but i will say this when you step out it is encouraging and it will cause a cascade effect in your congregation and in a gathering people will be encouraged by it and they'll say well that she's doing it or he's doing it i can be <laughs> yeah. i can be comfortable in worship too so so it's a very good thing and it leads to greater levels of comfort in worship 
Well, and I'll give us some scripture reference for that. So in 1 Corinthians 14, starting in verse 26, in fact, my Bible here has the subtitle above this section of scripture that says good order in worship. So so it's telling (laughs) us this is appropriate for worship time in church. It says, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. I'm just going to sidebar right here. That's what Paul laid out as the model that's expected in our church services. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. It says, everything must be done so that your church may be built up. Love that. If anyone, you know, it says, speaks in a tongue, uh, two or three at the most should speak, one at a time. And someone must interpret. So there, there has to be protocol and order. We're not just going to go, you know, crazy. And it says yep. here in verse 28, if there's uh, no interpreter, you know, then someone should uh, be quiet uh, in the church and speak to himself and to God. So it's okay to kind of, if you hear people sometimes praying in the spirit kind of quietly to their self, that's totally acceptable. The Bible just gave us permission to do that. It's talking about speaking yeah. out loud, giving a word out loud, just to clarify there. And then here's the part I wanted to key in on in verse 29. It says, uh, two or three prophets should speak and others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a re- revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. So they're giving us order. And then here's the part I really want to key in, especially for this being called the Practical Prophetic Podcast. For you can all prophesy. <laughs> In turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. Yes, uh, the spirit of the prophets are subject to uh, and to the control of the prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all congregations of the Lord. So uh, I just wanted to key in on there's a protocol, but there's also within that boundary of protocol, there's a good bit of liberty, too. And so there's a connection between music and the prophetic. And I believe prophetic worship is that highest form of worship. And part of the reason that we come together corporately to worship, of course, it's for the Lord. But in that inner court uh, realm, it says for the edification of the church and to build up the church. So there's definitely purpose in that and i'll even go to the outer court when you're just listening even to christian rap (laughs) that um that there's value in that because i i look at everything in the bible is on the seed platform you know good seed in you get good fruit bad seed in you get bad fruit very simple and so uh, if it's talking about the lord even though that may not be my personal style that i like to listen to if it's good seed then it's going to yield good fruit. There's still value in that, even in that outer court level. So, I mean, I, you know, I bought my kids uh, some of the Christian rap artists because I want them to have good seed in their life, even if it's not what I may prefer to listen to. But that's perfectly fine. You know, that's still in that category of Christian, which is yeah. basically the word Christian means Christ centered or Christ like. So, yeah, that's, it's all good. But there are definitely, I think, categories or maybe progressive uh, arenas or spheres, however you want to term it, within Christian music. Yeah, Beth, I would think that would be the foundation. You know, if any music you're listening to, obviously, preferably teenagers, adults, whoever, what age, whatever age it is, preferably we're listening to Christian music because there's so many good styles out there. There's plenty of good stuff out there on Spotify, Apple, YouTube. 
So there is no shortage of really, really good content out there. So you don't have to settle for something inferior or something that you think is that convicts you or makes you question, should you be listening to it or, you know, music that's immoral. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Good stuff. So, Absolutely. Beth, so yes. what, how else could we describe to a listener what it's like to really tap into the third tier, which is the Holy of Holies? How can we? Right. Well, that's probably going to take a whole podcast. So I definitely want to have you back. And yes. I want to really hone in on that third tier, that Holy of Holies level of music that I'm calling prophetic worship. In fact, I want to touch on something that made David a little different from everyone else because he introduced 24 hour, 24 seven worship at the temple. And uh, David tapped into something that is so powerful and I want to talk about that next week because it's going to take about 30 minutes minimum to just unpack that. And, and yeah. I want to definitely spend a good amount of time there because if you're listening to this podcast, the name of it's the practical prophetic. You're you're hungry for the prophetic. And so I believe that uh, this is something that will bless you, encourage you, minister to you. And I believe will help you as you as you desire to be like Mary. And pour your oil out on the feet of Jesus in the presence of the Lord. How powerful is that? That's amazing. <laughs> well, <laughs> do you have anything else you want to leave us with before we jump into mm. prophetic music next week? Well, Beth, I just want to let everyone know that I have released a song called Better Than the Angels. It's a song I wrote many years ago, but I wanted to re-record it. So I'm so excited to release this now. And I have the lyric video available. Uh, but this is a song from the perspective of the believer. You know, as believers, as Christians, we were redeemed by the blood of Jesus. But we've never seen the tangible face of God like the angels in heaven have. But they have not been redeemed by the blood. So it's a it's a mysterious thing. But that's what this song is all about. It's a praise and worship song. And I hope you guys check it out. Absolutely. We will put a link in the description box for all three of these podcasts that we're going to do in these series maybe do more than three yeah and so uh, i look forward to hearing that that's going to be awesome i love the concept of better than the angels in fact i will leave us with this as a teaser for next week that when you worship the lord i believe in that third uh, arena that third sphere the holy of holies level your worship is actually touching heaven just like the uh, altar of incense, that smoke, that, that aroma went all the way into the throne room of God. So keep that in mind as we come back next week and talk about prophetic worship. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Thank you. for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.